Welcome all of you fellow arcanists out there to the Frith Guild podcast where we explore the amazing world full of mystical creatures and their partners. My name is Eric and I'll be your guide along this journey through pirate infested waters. So you better strap on your swords and get ready to defend the seas from evildoers. I'll be talking all things mystical creatures and swashbuckling tales throughout this series. If you have not caught up to the chapters being discussed today, I urge you to hit the pause button to read to catch up. I will be here when you get back. I'll be avoiding spoilers throughout the reading and encourage everyone to send me your thoughts and comments on the chapters and your favorite moments and creatures within. Alas, it is now time to set sail and begin our voyage across the seas. Hello and welcome back to the Frith Guild podcast. We're going to start at the recap for chapters 20. We ended off with Folk finally getting to start training with his master, Master Zelfry. The first lesson that Master Zelfry teaches Volk is that shadows don't fall. As long as there's some kind of surface to attach to, shadows will never fall. Zelfry demonstrates this, and Volk shows him how quick he can learn by making his nose bleed trying to shadow step. Well, the second try goes a bit better, and he actually does go onto Gentle's Fin, where he meets a plague-ridden siren. Chapter 21 through 25 summary is Volk. For the love of all that is good, can you stay out of trouble for more than a week? Like, you're not even in a populated area to get into trouble. Alright, let's try to kill this siren before it kills me for my magic. Or I guess it'll just dig its talons into my leg instead. Master Ruma finds Volk and goes all big monkey smash on the siren and kills it instantly before it can spread the plague. Or is that why? Thanks to faster healing rates of Arcanus and Zaxxus too because Zaxxus is starting to care about Volk. Not really, but we would like to think so. While Volk heals up and able to move around again, Addy comes to visit him, but accompanied by Adelgis. So much for Volk getting some quality time to spend with her on his own. I think Adele just wanted to have others meet his Aldrin Felicity, the ethereal whelp. Chapter 22, like what I imagine, a deer sees when a car is coming in the middle of the night, a bright light begins to descend from the ceiling of the room, and Felicity arrives to act as Luther's opposite. Adele just really just wanted to play wingman for Volk and give an excuse to drop Addy off while playing cards. We learn that Addy has a pretty morbid reason for being so perfect, and needing to achieve a true form phoenix. Zaxxus comes bursting in to see what the party is about and starts rifling through Volk's stuff. He finds a letter Lyle wrote to Volk and forces Zaxxus to check his attitude. A little. Come on, it's Zaxxus. Felicity can read minds, by the way, and could hear Ruma and Zelfry arguing, and not quietly, when they stormed into the guild manor. Well, the next logical course of action is to go dropping some eaves on Master Arcanus to find out what's going on. In chapter 23, while Adelgis, Ilya, Volk, and Zaxxus are discussing their heist to eavesdrop, Zaxxus asks Ilya if she knew that Volk saved Lyle. She not only knew, but also drops a bombshell on Zaxxus by telling him that Volk is the one who suggested telling Zaxxus how to capture Starmoss. For some reason, Zaxxus can't understand why Volk would help him. Adelgis wins the Awkward Person of the Year award by being so awkward it's almost, dare I say, cute. Well, through the looking glass, they go to get in prime real estate to eavesdrop. And man, are they getting all the real details about everything now. 
outside of Ruma's comment of wanting to use his own apprentices as bait to find the pirates that are trying to infect everyone with the plague, Zelfry is the one really sounding like the bad guy here. In chapter 24, alright, I'm glad that they didn't get caught leaving Ruma's room. That would have been really awkward. Good thing that it's only Ruma's apprentices that are going to be used as bait and not Zelfry's. Volk, Ilya, and Adele just can sleep well at night now that they know they are out of harm's way. Wait, why is Journeyman Rio knocking on our doors? Shoot, Zelfry wants us to come with. Gosh dang it. Luther takes this very seriously and lays down the hammer that Volk will have to trust Luther and even have to shadow merge as one so Luther can protect him. If Volk thought that this was going to be an enjoyable cruise on Ruma's ship, the High Riser, guess again, Volk. There is time to lean, there is time to train. Okay, I may never have gotten the taxi ride on a ship when I was in the Marine Corps, but when I hear all hands on deck, I know something isn't going right. What is going on? Just some Venon riding Wyvern attacking the High Riser. Wait, I think that's the wrong book. Sorry. Right, pirates riding Wyvern attacking the ship. Well, good thing Volk and the gang are all ready to fight until the maniacal laughing. That would be a little disheartening for sure, because, you know, arcane plague and all. Since Ruma's ship is being attacked, I think it would be safe to assume that he isn't the sus one. What's that, Adelgis? Felicity heard the pirate before he was big monkey smashed by Ruma that they were supposed to meet with Ruma later? Jinkies. Zelfry wasn't the bad one after all. But how do we take on the Master Arcanist with six apprentices and a drunkard? Alright, I'm going to be changing things up a little bit than I'm used to doing as far as the Steps of the Pillar and the Bestiary sections. Still will be doing those. I'm just going to kind of change up where I put them in with this podcast. Uh, I'm going to start with the Pillars to start off with. And we'll be kind of pointing them out when we see them in there. The ones that we're going to focus on today are Respect. Without it, we make fast enemies of our acquaintances. Confidence. Without it, we surrender too early. We will be looking for these throughout the sections, and we'll point out when we see them. And we're going to begin our deeper dive into chapter 21. And I always like to want to start off by saying, and I mentioned this before in the previous episode, just want to say this, that Volk has the worst luck. I mean, don't get me wrong, he, he still becomes an arcanist, and he still bonds with air, and still has quite a lot of great things going for him as far as being an arcanist goes. But he he started out as a gravedigger. He almost died before he bonded. He gets hurt when he uses his magic, you know, because he's second bonded. And again, it's amazing that he's bonded nonetheless. And he he actually manages to use magic successfully and walks into a plague-ridden creature. Like, what the heck? Why can't this kid get a break? But I will say that I actually really do enjoy that Volk is not handed everything and that he has to struggle so much and in, and not in a sadistic way. And by no means am I, am I trying to say I'm glad to watch him have to struggle and work towards these things harder than anybody else. I think that this actually makes his character even better because of the struggle that he has to go through because of the adversity that he has to you know go through to to become such a good arcanist this is one of those things that i think i probably most enjoyed about this book and series because everything does not just go his way all the time more often than not things do not go his way and it happens to work out in the end and and by no means in 
any kind of lucky way. So as I digress, first time we see in chapter 21, we are facing the plague-ridden siren. This is the first plague-ridden creature that we're going to see that has actually consumed enough magic as the siren actually grows a second set of wings from its back. But they're described as not normal wings. These are absolutely grotesque and they're covered in a bloody membrane. It's definitely not a good, in a good manner, I guess is a good way to put it. So as he's, he's trying to fight this plague-ridden creature, he, he does get injured. The, the siren digs its talons into him and luckily Volk is able to use his magic to at least stun the siren just long enough for it to release him. And then Ruma actually comes down and and ends up killing the siren and getting Volk back up on the top side to the shell of the church of Gentle. One of and again, this is one of those not trying to just completely totally fanboy here, but another thing I really do enjoy is that because they have magic, they're able to heal faster. That is just a great thing to put in there that they are able to heal faster. Obviously, they can't heal if they get killed or they get killed immediately or they sustain too much damage over time. But again, for them to be able to actually heal on their own and faster, and especially with the aid of like Zaxxus, where he has a phoenix and he can heal people as well because of his uh, abilities with a phoenix, that I, I really did enjoy this. And I have to admit that for pretty much any other series that I've read outside of this, after I've read this series, I forget that it's not normal for other people with magic to heal this fast. I actually recently read through the fourth wing and iron flame books from Rebecca Yaros. And I, I kept thinking like, well, they don't, don't they heal really fast? They're mad. They got magic. Like they should be able to heal really fast. And then again, I have to remind myself, like, no, no, actually, they don't. They they don't heal fast at all. That's just in this series. And, and again, that's one of those. This is something I've really loved in this series is their ability to heal because of their magic. After Zaxxus does his part in healing Volk, Master Zelfry actually comes over and Ruma kind of tries to, you know, hey, I found him. And, and Master Zelfry was like, hey, get away from him. I don't care what's going on. I don't care what happened. I want you the heck away from my apprentice. Master Zelfry takes Volk back and basically tells him like, Hey, you're going to go, you're going to go rest until you are fully healed. I do not want you to be doing anything else other than healing. And yeah, moving away from the two master arcanists, there's definitely a lot of tension between them. This is something that we have to look out for, for later on. I'm going to kind of touch on the this pillar of respect again because there's definitely a lack of that between these two and and it's not even personal respect but respect for each other's positions in the guild no matter what the first if if the people at the top end of the the food chain don't get along then it's going to be a very difficult time keeping everybody in order and on track to accomplish whatever they need to accomplish because they see the top people bickering and not respecting each other. So why are the the lower to people going to respect them? I saw this quite a lot when I was in the Marine Corps myself, when I was, um, I was a Sergeant E5, no matter what uh, other sergeants that I had 
we respected each other. We we agreed with it. You know, didn't always agree personally, but we we always made sure that if we had disagreements, we were going to have that taken care of outside of the situation itself, and we're going to make sure that it wasn't going to impact what everybody else is seeing out of it. Addy and Adele just come over to check in on him after a few uh, after two days of Volk healing, and and Volk actually not only did he his wounds heal, but the bruising from his wounds healed as well in these two days. And again, you got to remember they had he had talons, you know I, I would say several inches of talons going into his leg, so you know it was a deep cut or deep wound. And again, for that to be completely healed in two days. And again, thanks to Zaxxus as well. But, you know, again, because they are Arcanists, they heal faster in general. Adelogist and Addy come over to see how he's doing. And originally it was Addy, the one that knocked on the door. And Volk got so excited because he's been wanting to have a conversation with Addy. Volk is so excited because he's wanted to have a conversation with Addy. He just doesn't think that he is not necessarily saying he isn't good enough, but he just doesn't know how to, how to deal with this, how to be an adult and interact like this. He's got a crush on her. Obviously he, he wants to have a conversation and get to know her better and hope that she wants to get to know him better. So hopefully it's a two way street on that front. Then he sees Adele just standing behind her and he actually almost like closed the door on Adele just on accident. Adele just was behind her and he, you know, basically was invited into Volk's room as well. And, and that's where chapter 21 stops and chapter 22 picks up at. Addie and Adele just are in Volk's room. Adele just does introduce them all to Felicity, which is his ethereal Welk, his Eldrin. Felicity is described as having a crystal shell and with coloring of a soap bubble iridescence. Now, Felicity does actually hide in the light just as Luther hides in the shadows. Felicity can read minds. So I, I see that Felicity was, was designed intentionally to be an exact opposite of Luther. I've really enjoyed their character building with all the different arcanists and all the different eldrin do love seeing the different different ways they balance each other out on the positive note when adele just came into volk's room adele just did mention that he only intended to bring addy over so that volk could talk with her and adele just was only going to stick around long enough to be polite about it but was planning on leaving as well so that Vulcan and Addy can actually have time together, not alone. Uh, they're alone, but again, Volk wanting to just get to know her, get to know her better and actually have a conversation because imagine, imagine being on the Isle of Ruma and Volk even thought to walk up to Addy and try to talk to her. Addie would not have said anything or had any problems with it. She would have probably enjoyed it then either. But you know that anybody on that aisle would have stopped him in a heartbeat. They would have said that she's too pure for him and your insert reason here as to why Volk would not be allowed to even talk to her on the Isle of Ruma. And, and here we are in a completely different place 
and now Volk is allowed to talk to her. He doesn't have to ask for permission or think about who what somebody else thinks or any of that. So Volk is is excited about having this opportunity, but yeah, again, we have to be polite with Adelgis in the room. Addie does think of an idea and she goes and borrows some cards and they play a game where whoever draws the highest card gets to ask a question. Now, Addie does ask a question, gets the first question to ask, and she asks if anybody has been in love. Her, Volk, and Adele just all say no. However, Adele just does make a comment about he was arranged to be married at birth. And everybody kind of looks at him like, you what? And Adele just kind of like, well, I really haven't cared for it. I was sheltered my life. I wasn't allowed to be. Yeah, I had to be escorted with my mother or I was locked up in my lab with my or the lab with my father or I was at an all boys school. So I really wasn't allowed to mingle with anybody. And he even admits that he has other things to preoccupy himself with other than Addy because Volk is concerned that potentially he's after you know, he's trying to go after Addy as well. Adele just really reminds me of Sheldon Cooper from the Big Bang Theory. He's he's honestly he's more interested in researching and studying and stuff like that than practically anything else to to be concerned about. Now Volk gets the next turn to ask a question. His question is is kind of quite off, but it's what would you like to be most remembered for? Adele just responds with I want to be remembered as a great researcher and I've uncovered these many secrets and, you know, this, that, and the other along the lines that we would expect. Addie responds with essentially that she needs to be prim and proper and she needs to be perfect so that she can achieve her goal of becoming a true form Phoenix. I like that Shami Stovall did put this in there and it it's not... Addie's goal to become a true form Phoenix Arcanist. It's it's Addie's parents' goal of her becoming a true form Phoenix Arcanist. The big stretch or the big reason for this is she's got several family members that have passed, unfortunately, in, in unfortunate ways, according to myth or legend or however they want to say it, that a true form Phoenix Arcanist can resurrect people from the dead. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't be the one to bring want to bring somebody back that's been gone for very long. And all of a sudden, Genie from Aladdin comes back into my mind of, you know, one of the three things you cannot wish for is, you know, bring somebody back from the dead. Just it just doesn't work very well. So let's let's not do that. That's how zombies create yeah, are started. We don't want zombies. As Volk finishes his answer of I want to be a famous swashbuckler and you be known throughout the world as this great person who barges into his room. None other than Zaxxus. Prize surprise on that. He goes in, he starts talking about their game, you know, he's kind of making fun of them. And they basically ask him the same question. What would you want to be known for? And Zaxxus gives almost a word for word response that Volk gave. Once we find out that Zaxxus has almost the exact same reason for wanting to be a good arcanist is Volk. We kind of actually see like a good good side of Zaxxus for once. 
until Zax starts kind of going through Volk's stuff and stumbles on his uh, box that Lyle gave him. And at first, Zaxus thought that Volk stole it. And as soon as he upturns it, a bunch of coins fall out. And Zaxus is like, yeah, you definitely stole this. But he sees the letter fall out and he, he reads it and he reads it again. You know, he reads it twice or three times just to be sure that he knows exactly what he read. And Volk just kind of picks up the money and puts it back where it belonged and, you know, put the letter back in. And this is kind of that first time where you see Zaxxus not intentionally trying to be a jerk to Volk. And I think after finding out truly what happened at the end of Smire, I think Zaxxus is kind of starting to click that Volk isn't the kind of person Zaxxus thinks he is. After this, Adele just tells us that Felicity can hear Master Zelfry and Master Ruma arguing. Going back to what I said previously about respecting each other, it doesn't matter. If you're in a teaching environment, you cannot be disrespectful towards your peers. You have to stay respectful no matter what. Because as soon as you start becoming disrespectful to your, to your peers, you instantly lose respect from anybody below you. They, they're they hearing everything that Master Zelfry and Master Ruma are arguing about as they're walking through the Guild Manor until they get through that locked door that Volk found. They're curious, so they want to figure out what's going on and, you know, the whole, we want to know what they're continuing to argue about. So, Adelgis and Zaxxus actually decide to plan a heist on going to listen to what's going on. Volk, being the, the smart man that he is, makes a good play and goes to get the person that can teleport. So he sends Luther out to go grab Ilya and cheat beers. And so then they're like, okay, we're, we're going to go do this. We're going to go spy on them before we can't hear what they're saying. Talk about confidence in your abilities. And, and again, going back to the, the pillar there, they have a heck of a lot of confidence and a lot of guts to go spy on their own masters. They start heading out to the illusionary window that Volk climbed out of previously. As they're outside of this window, Zaxxus kind of takes this opportunity as a, Hey, Iliot, did you know that Volk saved Lyle's life in the Endless Mire? And Iliot's like, oh yeah, totally did. How did you not? Again, Zaxxus has shown that he he didn't know everything. And, and at that point, Ilya took it one step further. And she was like, oh, Zaxxus, by the way, Volk was the one that gave the idea about using a light source or, you know, basically using foresight to, to catch a star moth. Volk was the one that wanted to actually like, come and tell you, but he knew that if you weren't, you know, if he went to do it, you weren't going to listen and probably wouldn't even be here right now. So you better, you better start taking this, you know, respecting Volk a little bit. They decide that they're going to send Nicolin up into Master Ruma's window to make some way for them to get in. Nicolin finds some rope. He throws it out the window. As soon as the window opens, they can see it. They can all see it. They start climbing up the rope. Volk was like, you know what? I think I'm just going to, I'm going to shadow step in. I'm going to, I have the confidence in my abilities. I can, I'm going to use this opportunity to show what I'm made of. This is one of those moments that Volk shows that even though he should have, could have just simply just climbed up the rope. It would have no problem at all. Even though he could have just climbed up the rope, he decided he's going to use his his abilities, use 
that he decides that he's going to shadow step into that room. This is something that I really, really, truly love about Volk's character. He doesn't necessarily, he has moments where he's actually a very clever person and does a very good job at using his brain. But there are times where I just want to kind of smack the boy upside the head and be like, what are you thinking, man? Because this is not the opportunity to use your, you know, to test your magic, your abilities to, to shadow step up into that window. And the only reason why I say this is he's a brand new Arcanist. He doesn't have controls over his powers yet. Shoot, three days ago, he ended up accidentally shadow stepping onto Gentle's fin. Like, from the top of her shell to her fin. I can only imagine that's quite a huge distance for the fact that uh, they have a thousand foot wide pool or lake on the back of this sea turtle's shell. However, it works out for Volk that he doesn't shadow step any further than he has to. And he comes out in Ruma's room right next to everybody else. And so they all go down and start listening in on the conversation. Zaxxus notices that Volk's nose is bleeding again. I think Zaxxus at this moment comprehends what it costs Volk to use magic. It It's not as simple as just using it and, and that's it and getting worn down naturally. It physically hurts him because, again, he's got this bloody nose. So Zaxxus has to heal him to keep his nose from bleeding any further so that they don't leave any evidence of being there. Zaxxus finding the letter right before they went to do this, I think that is crucial to the to their relationship because of the fact that Volk wouldn't tell Zaxxus whatsoever. He wasn't going to tell Zaxxus. He had no reason to tell Zaxxus that he saved Lyle's life, whether Lyle told you know everybody else the opposite or not. Volk isn't somebody that want, wants all the credit and all the fame and the glory. He just wants to be good. He wants to prove everybody that he is in his own person and not his parents. Now, as they're listening, Ruma is talking about offering his apprentices up as bait, which, you know, Ruma was looking pretty decent. Didn't really have anything against him other than Luther saying that is the murderer. Not to say that Luther couldn't be trusted or can't be trusted, but again, that's a fairly serious accusation we're throwing out there without any actual evidence. Luther couldn't even be like, hey, I saw his face. I know it's him. I also want to again point out about the confidence thing. These arcanists are maybe a few weeks you know they they've been training for a few weeks we know at, at the very least the the four saxus addy Ilya, and volk those four have been arcanists for just a, a few weeks probably about a month at this point we'd say maybe a little bit more than that i love how just confident they are of like yeah you know what we're gonna do this we don't <laughs> we don't care what the consequences are and they they just Hey, we're gonna. We know we want to do this, and we know that we're young, we're underpowered as far as Arcanists go, but we're gonna go for it anyways. We know what we're gonna do is right. We're gonna go for it. I truly forgotten how much progress they make within a few books. And granted, a few books is you know the span of several years, so it's it's not necessarily like it's an overnight kind of thing. But heck, they they make so much progress. And I've forgotten 
how far square one was for them reading further down the series. I also want to talk about how much I've, I really do enjoy this particular guild. And it's not just because it's the one the book is after, but they, they get to go explore the world. This isn't a guild that they just stay in a town. They build things or they heal people or, you know, insert guild here kind of thing. They, they get to go explore and granted they're, they're going out and taking care of business too. So it's not like they're just wandering around aimlessly, but they, they get to see the whole world. And this is even from just this one book, this is such a huge world. that's already been created because starting out from the Isle of Ruma to Fortuna was a two day voyage. Now we're three weeks plus in two to three weeks in on a voyage toward the Crescent Isles. Again, here we are still traveling. They get to explore and, and they've seen three different places, three or four different places already. Again, with Ruma saying that he will only take his apprentices, Zelfry is kind of like, okay, well, as long as you don't take mine, you're not going to have anything to do with my apprentices. So it's a good thing we don't, you know, Volk doesn't have to worry about it. Illy doesn't have to worry about it or Adele this because, you know, Ruma's taking his apprentices and that's it. JK, Zelfry's going to take them with. And I think this is where we see Zelfry kind of changing roles because up until this point, he's been looking pretty suspicious. He's always drunk. He's always just firing off the hip with what he says. He doesn't have the best of reputations, especially because he, he had the last two Phoenix Arcanists and he's going to this area that they lost these Phoenix Arcanists at previously. So we know that they're not, you know, that Zelfry isn't the best person. But again, with Zelfry saying, no, we're going to bring, I'm going to go with and bring my apprentices with. I think that that's that first cue of, hey, look, something's going on and I want to be there with it just in case. Just in case. So that way, if Ruma's apprentices get into trouble, I can help. Especially with Ruma wanting to use them as bait. Before Volk can actually get out of the door, Luther has a heart-to-heart conversation with Volk, and, and Luther is just basically talking about how he should have been with Mathis before, and when Mathis did die, he should have been there with him to die with him. He basically tells Volk that, you know, if, if worse comes to worse, I will do what my purpose is, and that's to protect you as a suit of armor. I am not just a suit of armor. I am your suit of armor. This is where, you know, I, there's been lots of little things that Volk has been doing that Luther has been noticing and has realized that he's a lot more like a knight than what he originally thought when he first bonded with Volk. And and this is also showing that Volk and Luther are growing closer. So, realistically, his power shouldn't hurt as much. It's still going to hurt. It's still going to have a problem. But, you know, they're working towards becoming bonded truly. And I do like the symbolism of them working as one. With nightmares, when they're bonded with their Arcanus, they live and die as one. If one dies, they both die. Now, at the dock where the High Riser is set up to set sail, 
Zelfry has Ilya use her magic and her abilities by teleporting things. She teleports a box two inches, and Zelfry's like, yeah, it's actually more than I was expecting. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, everybody should get a, you know, a round of applause or a clap on the back or whatever for every little itty-bitty tiny thing that you do. But, these are brand new Arcanists. Give them a little bit of something here. A little bit of positive reinforcement will go a long way. Not just to show some a little bit of empathy, but just to make them feel more confident in themselves that they're doing, they're, they're going the right direction with things. So, I mean, he, he teaches how he teaches. And, you know, it's, it's one of those, if it's not broke, don't fix it kind of things. We see Hexa coming up with her elder and Raisin, uh, her Hydra, and she's described as, as as walking up with Raisin in her hands, and, and I can't help but think of Misty from Pokemon carrying Togepi, and that's how she's carrying this this Hydra baby. It's it's not gonna be too long that Raisin's gonna be big you know, small enough to be able to be carried like this, but Still, again, my, my head cannon of, of her carrying Raisin like that, it puts a smile on my face. We're going to talk about Raisin since we had talked about uh, Felicity. Raisin is described as having one head, having stumpy, lizard-like legs, scales that curved at the tips, and fangs that went all the way to the back of the throat. This has head has gold eyes, and that will be important later on for other Hydras. While they're on the ship, they notice something on Ruma's belt, and Ruma's like, oh, this is the Rizzle Pelt. I'm, I brought this along as a lure to get the pirates to come find us. And then they were like, wait a minute, but I thought that Hexa, Zaxus, and Addy were the bait, not this Rizzle Pelt. And isn't that kind of weird that you have a Rizzle Pelt that came from the island that Mathis died at, and Nicklin came from? So... You know, isn't that kind of suspicious? So during the voyage, Zelfry does continue to push Volk in, in his training. What I take away from this is that Volk is a very humble person. He's all of 15 years old. He doesn't complain about being hurt or being worn out. He takes more breaks than the rest of them because of it. But he doesn't complain about it. He doesn't you know, moan and whine and say, oh, this is poor me, poor me. He does get little pep talks from Luther, which Luther is like, hey, we need to train as much as possible while we have the opportunity. And Volk listens to that and he will get up and, you know, continue to train. But he doesn't stop there and, you know, throw his hands up and down saying, why me, why me, you know, poor me, poor me. So chapter 25 starts off as they're nearing the Crescent Isles. And Volk is making more and more progress, aligning himself toward Luther's goal of, you know, becoming more similar to Mathis and to potentially be avenging Mathis's killer. Volk is showing more and more signs of his you know, acting very honorably. And if we didn't know any better, we would say he's a knight. He does fit the perfect bill of beating nightmare arcanist. His, his morals are very sound. He doesn't complain. He puts in the work. You know, he, he's all about working together with everybody. So while, while sailing, they do come across a ship that is further out from them. They are looking at it 
and they can hear some very maniacal laughing coming. We see that there are some wyvern coming to attack them with their their arcanus on their back. And we'll we'll quickly describe them again as don't want anybody to be confused between a wyvern and a dragon. A wyvern is described as having two back legs. Its front two legs have bat-like wings. It has a diamond-shaped tip on its tail. Dragons have four legs. They have two le- two back legs, two front legs, and wings that grow out of their back. So if you're trying to think of a perfect example of a dragon, it would be Toothless from How to Train Your Dragon. If you want a perfect example of a wyvern, if you have watched the Hobbit trilogy, specifically the Desolation of Spog and the Battle of Five Armies, that is a perfect example of a wyvern is Smaug. These plague-ridden creatures are throwing up fire onto the ship. The pirates themselves actually say that they are only to take the Eldred and not Arcanus. Maybe, like, why Why don't they want the humans being injured? That's that's kind of a weird thought. You know, if they're after power, they're after power. doesn't really matter where it comes from. Realistically, though, I believe that they were just trying to be the most efficient with what they grab as far as the magic goes. Because in order for a plague-ridden creature to transform, become better, however you want to word that, they have to consume more magic. Mystical creatures are pure magic, and that's why the arcane plague affects them so much faster than it does with the arcanus. Because the mystical creature gives the arcanus magic, and it's, it's very small in comparison to what the actual mystical creature is. Volk starts to fight, and and it's actually interesting because he talks that when he's using his magic, you know, he's building his terrors or trying to um, use the shadows, it doesn't hurt him as much. Actually, it's described as doesn't hurt him at all. So I think when Volk is fighting off of instinct at first, that it doesn't hurt, especially when he's fighting with Luther rather than fighting off of thought. As I talked about earlier with Arcanist being able to manipulate fire or water or wind or insert element, kind of whatever their their thing that they can manipulate, it's it's not just to increase that magic or increase the the element that they're trying to manipulate. They can actually decrease it too. So with the fires that are happening on the ship, Zaxxus and Addy are actually both able to not only condense the fire or put it somewhere where they need it to destroy blood so that way nobody gets infected, but they're they're actually able to put out the fire also. That is, I think, one of the coolest parts of this manip- the manipulation of their magic is not only are they able to increase it or direct it, but they're actually able to extinguish it as well. So Ilya is going to the wyvern and she's basically using her teleportation to remove chunks of flesh from these wyvern. And Hexa actually sees this and was like, okay, 
You know what the best thing would be to do? I'm going to yeet raisin on top of one of these wyvern and have it use its poison on there on the bare flesh that Ilya is exposing to help take down these wyvern. Just imagining this hydra being yeeted up on top of a wyvern to use its poison against it. So we finally get down to the to just one pirate. We've defeated the wyvern. We've defeated the other arcanist. There's just the one left, and Zelfry wants to interrogate him. But again, Ruma goes big monkey smash and kills him with his lightning. Just before Ruma has a chance to strike him with his lightning, he cries out, Gregory. You, we don't even hear Ruma being referred to as Gregory within the guild. Not even between Zelfry and Ruma. And again, that may just be out of Zelfry respecting Ruma for you know by calling him by last name. But I don't even call him Gregory. I call him Ruma. And that's not even something I, I consciously thought about until just now. Having this pirate that nobody knows of or about calling him Gre- Gregory at the last second before he gets you know executed. That, that does give you something to think about. And that's a little sus. Volk meets back up with Adelgis, Hexa, Addy, Zaxxus, and Ilya. They're all huddled together, and Volk's the last one to join up and basically tell him, like, hey, we just want to let you know that Felicity just heard the last thoughts of this guy, and we found out that this pirate was actually supposed to meet up with Ruma afterwards or later on that evening. There's definitely something going on. Uh, We'll have to wait and find out about exactly what, but... We cannot trust Broom anymore. We know that that Luther has to be right. There, there almost can't be any other way around this now. This is where, fortunately, this is where we leave off for this week's episodes. But in the next one will be the last episode for the Nightmare Arcanist book. We're already through the first book in this series. Now, I know it's sad, but... We do have seven more books to go, so we're not not anywhere close to being done yet. So we got plenty more to go through. Finishing up today with our bestiary, I'm going to be specifically talking about the hydras and the ethereal welts. As we see resin for hexes, uh, Eldrin. The hydras' trial of worth is to be to impress them with scars that the person has earned while fighting with other hydras and basically to show that they can withstand the poison or the pain. And again, this is why Hexa makes a comment about Ilya's scars the very first morning that they meet up to start being their apprenticeship. And this is why Hexa, you know, originally was thought as rude, but because she's scarred up, she thought it was a sign of, of toughness. So the Hydra's abilities, their evocation is that they're able to summon purple poisonous gas. And they're actually able to manipulate that gas to either poison to kill or per- to paralyze or etc. Uh, whatever else abilities they need to use that gas for. Now their augmentation is fairly limited. Uh, They are able to heal, but more specifically, they're able to grow more heads or regrow heads. That 
is capable of happening more frequently. However, it depends on the Hydra and it can only do that when the head is going to be strong enough or the, the Hydra is strong enough because if they try to regrow another or grow another head, they actually won't be able to sustain it. And then moving on to the ethereal whelks, we have their trial of worth uh, is going to be overcoming a nightmare. Their evocation is light. So as Luther's is shadow again, the felicities is light. We saw it against master Ruma when they were on their first day learning about the three different types of magic that Adelgis was able to use a light beam or light arrow, as I'm going to continue to call it, against Bruma as a form of attack. Ethereal Welk's manipulation, uh, they actually can manipulate dreams. And, and not just to put somebody to sleep, but they're actually able to manipulate the dreamscape for the person themselves. Based off of the person's visualization of the dream that they want is going to enable the arcanist putting dreamscape, you know, putting the dreamscape there for them. It's going to help them do a better job at it. Now the ethereal Welk's augmentation abilities are that they can put someone to sleep or they can wake somebody up. If you're an insomniac and cannot get enough sleep in a day, then this is the Eldrin for you as they will allow you to go to sleep and wake up at certain times. And I do want to thank you guys for listening to today's podcast. I want to remind you that we can be found on Podbean, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Facebook, and if and my email, of course, as well. And my email is frithguildpod at gmail.com. Just about everything else... As far as my podcast goes, if you look up Frith Guild Podcast, uh, if I'm on that platform, you will be able to find me. I do also want to remind you again at the end of this episode as well that to not forget that I will be hosting Shamie Stovall herself. And if there are any particular questions that you wanted asked during this interview, please send those questions to me either on Facebook or my email. And please have these sent to me by roughly Christmas or just the day after Christmas is probably the le- the latest I can uh, I will need those by as I will be conducting that interview that week. So again, please, 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 if you have questions you would like asked, send them in to me as soon as you can. I want to thank you guys. And again, next episode, we'll be finishing up the Nightmare Arcanist book. Thank you for listening. And we'll catch you guys next time.